0: Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the Old Dingy Jutebox. This is a podcast dedicated to celebrating the deep and wide well of down-home American music. And I'm your host, Christian Gallo. And for each episode, I'll be digging through my record collection. And from there, we're going to journey into the land of the blues, pre-war country string bands, traditional folk music, bluegrass, jazz, gospel, western swing, and early country music. If you like the show, please subscribe and share with friends and family. Also, go check out the website at olddingyjutebox.com. There you can find some writings on music history and American studies, show notes, and you'll also find some merchandise over there as well. And if you would be so kind, please go leave a positive review over at Apple Podcasts. It sure does help the show. So, let's get on with it, and thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of The Old Dingy Jukebox. All right, thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. For this episode, I wanted to do a show that celebrates the down-home music roots of the Grateful Dead's guitarist, Jerry Garcia. If you don't know Jerry Garcia, Garcia co-founded and performed with the Grateful Dead for their entire 30-year career, spanning 1965 to 1995. Born in August of 1942 and passing away too early from a heart attack in 1995 at the age of 53, Garcia was an extremely talented and versatile musician with roots in American traditions like old-time string band music, bluegrass, the blues, as well as jug band music. From San Francisco, in the early days, Garcia was a well-known folkie in the Bay Area, playing in a variety of bluegrass groups. He was a top-shelf, Scruggs-style picker, as well as an old-time-style banjoist. He also played in old time string bands, as well as a jug band, Mother McCree's Uptown Jug Champions. That band would morph into an electric group, the Warlocks, around 1964, then eventually became the Grateful Dead in 1965. Personally, Jerry Garcia has been a huge influence on me. He's the reason why I picked up the banjo when I was 19 years old, and really, from there, along with a few other influences, the floodgates were open. And, like many of my generation, kids born in the 1960s, I went backwards and I started seeking out the music that influenced the musicians, like Garcia, who I was listening to, and I became buried in this stuff. And subsequently, it's been a very important part of my life ever since. What makes Garcia stand out to me as a musician is the wide and varied down-home musical influences that are incorporated into his style. It's really impressive. Early string band music, bluegrass, blues, jazz, country music, avant-garde, free jazz and improvisation, psychedelic rock, gospel, folk music, funk, swing guitar. It's all there somewhere. And to me, this is what makes his playing really stand out that and you know the rawness of it warts and all like the music that this show is dedicated to it could take on a lot of characteristics sometimes the feeling in the music to me that's oftentimes more important than the technicality of the plane it can be rough around the edges sometimes and sometimes it can really be on rolling in its full glory but it's exactly that unpredictability that excitement that that's what makes it stand out, that human aspect, good and bad. And to me, that's what Jerry Garcia's playing encompasses. I guess you might say the good, the bad, and the ugly. However, there's also a great element in there that can make it absolutely glorious. So let's celebrate that this episode through the down-home music background of Jerry Garcia. I'm going to pretty much do the show chronologically, starting with some of Garcia's earliest influences and going forward from there. I'll be playing the original records or styles of music, and then I figured with each example, it would be fun to blend in snippets of how Jerry played those, whether it was with his early groups or with the dead, as well as some of the various side projects like the Jerry Garcia Band or Olden and the Way or his collaboration with David Grisman that he was involved with over the years. So sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy this episode on Jerry Garcia. To start off with a tune that Garcia used to play banjo on in the early days of his folk music career. Jerry, like many young musicians of his generation, was heavily influenced by the early string band revival group, the New Lost City Ramblers. The Ramblers, consisting of multi-instrumentalists and extremely talented members, Mike Seeger, John Cohen, Tom Paley, and later Tracy Schwartz, who had replaced Paley, The Ramblers were hugely influential in bringing various styles of traditional music to the mostly college age and suburban population during the late 1950s and 60s. Garcia was very much a part of this and played in various old-time string bands, jug bands, and bluegrass groups during this era. He was a master banjo player and, of course, also played guitar and, in some cases, fiddle and mandolin as well. This next number we're gonna hear him do, he performed with his wife, Sarah, in the early 1960s. And it was a piece by Parker and Woolbright titled, The Man Who Wrote the Home Sweet Home Never Was a Married Man, that was originally recorded for Columbia Records in 1927 in Atlanta, Georgia. Jerry and Sarah performed this, and it was recorded at the top of the Tangent Club in Palo Alto, California, in 1963. Jerry's banjo part sounds like he got it from Earl Scruggs' recording that he did in 1960, titled Home Sweet Home. I believe Mac Woolbright, who was the, uh, the banjo player on the original record from Columbia in 1927, I believe he was a big influence on a young Earl Scruggs. So, get a load of this. This is Parker and Woolbright from 1927 doing... The man who wrote "The Home Sweet Home" never was a married man, and like how the rest of the show will work, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a little snippet of Jerry and Sarah doing that at the end, so we can kind of kind of get an idea of of uh, what Jerry was doing and what you know compared to what the original records was. So sit back and enjoy this; it's a fun one.
1: And gets up early in the morning, leaves his wife in bed She'll there the kids up something, drag it up and cook some bread Let me tell you a thing or two that a woman like that will never do And the man that runs the home sweet home, he never was a married man He never had no loving wife to greet him with a frying pan She'll meet you at the door when you're gonna come in She'll knock you down with a rolling pin And the man that runs the house sweet your that He never would have married man. Man comes in at that time hungry and he wants to eat. While the wife piled up in the bed, a lion that's sound asleep. Guess the man that he pulled it hair. and declared that he won't stay there. And the man that drove the home, sweet home, he never was a married man. He never had no loving wife to him with a fine pen. She'll meet you at the door when you're gonna come in She'll knock you down with a rolling pin And the man that rode home, sweet home, he never was a married man comes in from work at night tired and he goes to bed the baby lying there in the cradle stick life will wake the dead he'll sit and rock for about an hour And every hand to every power and the man that wrote home sweet home he never was a married man he never had no loving wife him with a frying pan She'll meet you at the door when you're gonna come, come in. in She'll knock you down with a rolling pin And the man They're that roams sweet home, he never was a
0: married man All right, now here's Garcia from the Tangent in Palo Alto in 1963.
2: And comes home from work at night, hungry and he wants tea. His wife is lying piled up in the bed, lying there sound asleep. He gets so mad that he tears his hair, swears and declares he won't stay there. And the man that rode the home sweet home never was a married man. He never had no loving wife to greet him with a frying pan. She'll meet you at the door when you go to come in and knock you down with a rolling pin. And the man that rode the home sweet home never was a married man.
0: Scruggs style banjo playing by Jerry there on that, on that old time number alright this next one we're going to hear was also performed and recorded by Jerry and Sarah at the Tangent in 1963 I believe from the same show this one features Garcia on some nice old time frailing style banjo this was a number that he always had in his banjo repertoire. He also recorded this with his buddy and future founding member of the new Riders of the Purple Sage, David Nelson, in 1962, and later recorded it and performed it live with David Grisman in the early 1990s. It was released in 1996 following Garcia's death in '95, on the great compilation of old-time music he and Grisman recorded in the early 90s, Shady Grove. I highly recommend that record, along with any of the other stuff that he did uh, with Grisman, whether it be the Miles Davis set, or the classic not-for-kids-only uh, compilation of old-time music that they grew up with and recorded in the early 1990s. This record we're going to hear is by Kentuckian's Short Buckle Rourke and Family, and they recorded it for Victor Records in 1927. As far as I know, I believe this was the only record that Shortbuckle Rourke recorded before he basically drifted back into obscurity. Thanks again to the New Lost City Ramblers' resurrection of this number, which I'm sure is how Jerry discovered this. All right, Shortbuckle Rourke and Family from 1927. I truly understand.
3: I wish to the Lord I never been born Or died when I was young I never would have seen them two brown eyes Or heard that clattering tongue My lover heard that clattering tongue I truly understand that you love another man And your heart shall no longer be mine Who will
4: shoe
3: your little feet Who will glove your hand, who will kiss your red rose cheeks when I'm in the foreign land alone, I'm in the foreign land. I truly understand that you love another man and your heart shall no longer be mine. Told me, dear, as we sit side by side, you promised that you'd marry me and be no other man, pride, my love, and be no other man, pride. I truly understand that you love another man, and your heart can no longer be mine.
0: Here's Jerry and Sarah from The Tangent in Palo Alto, 1963. three numbers we're going to move from the world of traditional country string band music into the world of bluegrass and early country music that jerry was very much a part of and influenced by first up i'll play a tune that was part of garcia's bluegrass repertoire the stanley brothers consisting of ralph and carter stanley recorded so many great bluegrass records it's really it's hard to keep track of let alone pick a favorite for me personally, the Stanley Brothers have always been my favorite bluegrass group. I love Bill Monroe and Flatten & Scruggs and all those guys, but you know, there's something about uh, the Stanley Brothers that's a little bit more dark, a little bit more deep. It's hard to explain, but I can hear it. Mostly, I think it comes from their vocal harmonies and the specific repertoire that they choose, but also, of course, in Ralph Stanley's great banjo playing. Jerry recorded this next song with one of his bluegrass groups, the Black Mountain Boys. This was a great group and was made up of some notable members, Jerry Garcia on banjo, guitar, and vocals, the aforementioned David Nelson from the uh, new Riders of the Purple Sage on mandolin and vocals, poet and future Grateful Dead lyricist Robert Hunter on bass and vocals, And notable traditional and bluegrass guitarist Eric Thompson on guitar and vocals, who is still active today with his wife and fiddler Susie Thompson. So, we're going to hear the Stanley Brothers doing She's More to Be Pitied. And the Stanley Brothers recorded this for their first record on the King label in 1958. And then the Black Mountain Boys recorded this at the Tangent once again in Palo Alto. In 1963. This is a great record that's notable in my mind for the Stanley's country honky tonk vibe in a bluegrass setting that they often had in the 1950s. And I'll follow that record with one by Charlie Monroe and his Kentucky partners. Charlie recorded this for RCA Victor in 1949, and Jerry Garcia kept this song in his repertoire throughout his career. He played and recorded this with the Black Mountain Boys in 1964. Acoustically with the Grateful Dead in 1970 and in 1980. And with the Jerry Garcia Acoustic Band in 1987. And also with Tony Rice and David Grisman in the early 90s. So we'll hear Charlie Monroe doing Rosalie McFall, And then lastly, in this uh, threefer that I'm going to do, we're going to hear Dark Hollow by Jimmy Skinner that he recorded for Mercury Records in 1958. Uh, Dark Hollow, I guess, was first recorded and released in 1927 on the Brunswick label by Kentuckian Buell Kazee. This ancient ballad would eventually morph into a modern country record recorded as Dark Hollow here on this track we're going to hear. I believe the, the original one was by Bill Browning and his Echo Valley Boys in 1958. Uh, And then this one we're going to hear is by Jimmy Skinner in that same year. This would be performed by the Grateful Dead in 1980 in their acoustic sets with Bob Weir singing a rather fine version of this old and great song. When we get to the Dead's version of Dark Hollow, take note of Garcia's fine country-influenced and bluegrass-style guitar playing. Enjoy. Enjoy. i 1963
4: at the Tangent.
2: She once was the belle of the ballroom. She'd have married some man, a sweet wife. But too many parties, the wrong kind of pals, has spoiled her happy young life.
0: Monroe and his Kentucky partners from 1949. Out
2: on the lonely hillside, a cabin low and small, the sweetest rose of color.
0: Warfield in San Francisco in 1980.
2: Down on the lonely castle In a cab of notes, Live the sweet
0: Skinner from 1958 Dark Hollow I'd rather be
5: in some dark hollow where the sun don't ever shine than to be at home alone just knowing that she's gone, that would cause me to lose my mind so free train blow your whistle, take me far on down the track, I'm going away, I'm leaving today, I'm going, but I ain't coming back.
0: The Grateful Dead from the Warfield in San Francisco, California, 1980. Get a load of this solo. Get it, Jerry. going to venture into the land of early blues and jug band music that would have a heavy influence on Jerry Garcia as well as the Grateful Dead. We're going to have a listen to the jug band classic, Stealin'. Before the Grateful Dead, there existed the Jug Band, which was another early Jerry Garcia outfit. They called themselves Mother McCree's Uptown Jug Champions, which was essentially an early jug band version of the Grateful Dead. It was consisting of future Grateful Dead members Bob Weir and Ron Pigpen McKernan. McCree's uptown Jug Champions played Stealin. They played this around the Bay Area venues in the early 60s and would later add it to the Dead's early sets around 1966 with electric guitars, Hammond organ, and drums. Later, Jerry would perform this record with David Grisman in the early 1990s. And it was released by Grisman on the aforementioned album of old-time music, Shady Grove, on Grisman's acoustic disc label. Go check it out. Although the record is from the Memphis Jug Band, which was recorded in Memphis in 1928 and released by Victor in 1929, the song Stealin' seems to be an amalgam of various blues and jug band lyrics. Clarence Williams recorded a version of this in 1921 on piano, Leona Williams cut it with a jazz backing group in 1922. And Gus Cannon of Cannon's Jug Stompers recorded a blues with similar lyrics titled Minglewood Blues. And then this recording we're going to hear by the Memphis Jug Band. The dead version of this recording that I'm going to bleed into this is actually from a Grateful Dead rehearsal tape from 1966. And it's some pretty groovy early Grateful Dead. Stealin'.
1: Put it, mama, don't you tell on me I'm stealing back to my same old used to be Now put your arms around me like the circle around the sun I want you to love me, mama, like my easy ride i done If you don't believe I love you, look what a fool I've been If you don't believe I'm sinking, look what a hole I'm in Stealing, stealing Put it, mama, don't you tell on me I'm stealing back to my same old used to be. I'm stealing, stealing, pretty mama, don't you tell on me. I'm stealing back to my same old used to be.
0: dead from a 1966 rehearsal tape.
2: like a circle around the sun i want to love your mama like my
0: The first recording of the classic song "Sittin' on Top of the World was originally recorded by the great black string band from Mississippi the Mississippi Sheiks on OK Records in 1930 it was subsequently recorded by many artists over the years including Doc Watson, Bill Monroe and Cream The Dead included an up-tempo version on their debut record in 1967 which was more akin to Bill Monroe's version than the Mississippi Sheiks We're going to hear from The Mississippi Sheik's first recording of it. Then we're going to meld into Bill Monroe's version he recorded for Decca in 1957. And then I'm going to follow that up with a great live version that The Dead did at the Lyceum Theater in London on May 26, 1972, during their infamous 1972 tour of Europe. This gives a good idea of the evolution over time of this song, leading up to when Garcia and the Dead adapted it in the early 70s to their style of playing. Enjoy.
5: One summer day Just when she left me She's going to stay But now she's gone I don't worry I'm sitting on top of the world Then you come here running Holding up your hand Can't get near woman when you get a man? But now she's gone. I don't worry. I'm sitting on top of the world.
0: Bill Monroe and his bluegrass boys from 1957.
5: Now I'm
3: two hatches!
0: dead from the Lyceum Theatre in London in May of 1972. Notice the bluegrass phrasing and syncopation in Garcia's solo. One of the things I find so interesting about Jerry Garcia's style is his openness to a variety of styles and his ability to include these styles and make it his own style and have all these influence show up in his playing up to this point we've been essentially playing folk music bluegrass country and blues styles He was also very influenced and open to some pretty avant-garde styles as well, and these were especially incorporated into the psychedelic aspect of Jerry Garcia's playing, as well as that of The Grateful Dead's. Jerry was pretty influenced by modern jazz players like Sonny Rollins and Ornette Coleman, and these styles really are prevalent in some of the longer, free-form, jazz-like improvisations that was a hallmark of the Grateful Dead, as well as Jerry's individual guitar playing, for the entirety of his career. If you're familiar with Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead, you'll know that early on in the early days, uh, they're, you know, Especially Jerry's playing, as well as the rest of the band, was heavily influenced by the use of LSD. They played at these things called the acid tests that were essentially parties based around free experimentation with LSD that were organized by the likes of Ken Kesey, Neil Cassidy, Ken Babs, and a group loosely known as the Merry Pranksters. Garcia's guitar playing and the Dead's attitude regarding free improvisation was formed and would remain a part of the Grateful Dead zeitgeist at these very events. For a deep dive on the acid tests and the pranksters, I recommend reading Tom Wolfe's classic book, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test, or taking a trip over to the official Grateful Dead podcast, the good old Grateful Dead cast, and listen to the episodes revolving around Owsley Stanley, I recommend all of the episodes. Tell them I sent you. You can find those where all podcasts are consumed. The good old Grateful Dead podcast. By 1956, jazz was pretty much divided between the old guard players like Louis Armstrong and the avant-garde players like Sonny Rollins, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Thelonious Monk, Charles Mingus, and Ornette Coleman. Jazz had always been based on improvisation, but these young hip players were taking it in a direction that the old guard, frankly, had problems with. It wasn't danceable in the traditional sense, it didn't swing in the traditional sense, and it began to move in an atonal, very non-swinging direction. This freeform style fit in with the bohemian, artistic sensibilities that were taking shape in the late 1950s and early 60s in the new modern counterculture that was emerging in post-war America. Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead were very much a part of that generation, and it shows. So let's check out some examples of what I've just been talking about. We're going to first listen to Sonny Rollins and the Modern Jazz Quartet from a record they made for the Prestige label in 1956. Then, we're going to melt into the dead doing Eyes of the World from the Sportatorium in Pembroke Pines, Florida on May 22nd, 1977. We're going to hear Jerry Solo from Eyes of the World. Following that, we're going to hear Ornette Coleman from his record The Shape of Jazz to Come. He recorded this for Atlantic in 1959. Ornette was pretty out there and this record is pretty atonal and experimental, so might as well get into the dead from a gig they did at Winterland in San Francisco, November 10th, 1973. And you're going to hear a part of the improv section from playing in the band. Notice the influence that players like Ornette Coleman had on Garcia and the rest of the band. It's very freeform, very uh, you know, much in the style of improvisational jazz and that sort of aesthetic. Also, in particular, get a load of Billy Kreutzman's jazz bebop influenced style of drumming on that track as well. All right, dig this. Nukes Fade Away, Sonny Rollins. <laughs> Grateful Dead, Eyes of the World, May 22nd, 1977. Coleman doing lonely woman from the shape of jazz to come record 1959 dead from winterland arena in san francisco november 10th 1973 playing in the band 1964 65 Jerry Garcia switched over from primarily being a banjo player to being a guitar player and eventually he became an accomplished pedal steel guitar player as well. Garcia was heavily influenced by country guitar players especially those associated with what is now called the Bakersfield sound of country music. In particular and I believe I read this in an interview he did for guitar player magazine or something like that He was influenced by the great pedal steel player Ralph Mooney, who, along with a plethora of other records he made as a sideman, was known as the primary steel player in Wynn Stewart's early bands on the Challenge and Jackpot labels, as well as the early Buck Owens recordings on Capitol. He also played with Ray Price, where he composed his famous song Crazy Arms, and eventually Ralph Mooney wound up with Waylon Jennings in the 1970s. In addition to Mooney, Garcia was also heavily influenced by Maddox Brothers & Rose guitarist and Merle Haggard's guitarist in The Strangers, Roy Nichols, as well as the great Telecaster aficionado Don Rich from Buck Owens' Buckaroos. Alright, so let's have a listen to some records by these guys, along of course with some snippets of Jerry incorporating these players into his own style. First up, we're going to hear Ralph Mooney on a track he did while he was playing with Wynn Stewart. This is from a 45 that came out on the Challenge label in 1961. This instrumental, Moonshine, was the A-side with a vocal by Wynn, Release Me, on the B-side. Then we'll hear some of Garcia's pedal steel playing on the Grateful Dead's Dire Wolf, found on their classic 1970 record, Working Man's Dead. Jerry also lent his pedal steel playing to Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young's Teach Your Children Well, also from 1970, released on their record Deja Vu, which was recorded in San Francisco's Wally Heider Studios. The Dead recorded Working Man's Dead at San Francisco's Pacific High Studios, and the two bands hung out together a lot during this time. So let's check out some good old Bakersfield-style country music. Ralph Mooney, Moonshine. steel guitar on the Grateful Dead's Dire Wolf from 1970.
2: In the timbers of an the wolves are running round. The winter was so hot and cold, froze ten feet beneath the ground. Don't murder me, I beg of you, don't murder me, please. Don't murder me I sat down to my supper it was my love of red whiskey I said my prayers and went to bed That's the last they saw of me Don't murder me I beg of you, don't murder me Please don't murder me Don't murder me
0: In the Crosby Stills Nash and young. Teach your children well. Just
2: a goodbye. Teach your children well. Their father's help did slowly go by and feed them on your dreams. The one they picked. The one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why If they told you you would die So just look at them and sigh
0: Thanks for listening to this special episode on Jerry Garcia. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I've got a few more that I'll leave you with and that I think you'll enjoy. If you know people who are into Jerry and the Grateful Dead, please share the show with them and spread the word about the podcast. Also, please leave a fine review over at Apple Podcasts and hit that little five-star button. Boy, it sure does help the show with those algorithms or whatever they do over there. Who knows what those people sometimes... Also, go visit the website at olddingyjukebox.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as well. I apologize for such a long hiatus from the podcast. It's been since July or August since I put out an episode, and it's uh, November now. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into the swing of things, and I promise to be putting out episodes on a more regular basis listening in some old down-home music on records got a few more for you here we're gonna have a listen to the great argentinian swing guitarist oscar aleman aleman was a contemporary of django reinhardt's both aleman and reinhardt were both major influences on jerry's playing Garcia did a lot of recording on his acoustic guitar with mandolinist David Grisman, as we've talked about before. And, of course, you know by now they recorded a bunch of stuff between 1990 and 93. One of the records they did was a tribute record to Miles Davis that really shows this early swing guitar influence on his playing. Another fine example of this is a recording he did on his 1973 solo record, Garcia. Where he does a fine version of Irving Berlin's Russian Lullaby. So, with that, we're going to have a listen to the Oscar Alamon trio doing Russian Lullaby on a record they made from the Swing label in 1939. And we'll follow that, of course, with a snippet from the Garcia record from 1973. Garcia from his 1973 solo record, Garcia, doing Russian lullaby.
5: Lay your head now upon your Savior's breast. I love you, oh, Jesus, Jesus love you today. Brother, bid you good night, Lord, good night, Lord, Lord, I bid you good night, Lord, a good night, good night. Lay down, Down. Bread bread and I want you lay and take your rest. I want you lay your head now upon your Savior's breast. I love you, Jesus. The
0: Grateful Dead, we bid you good night. Meadowlands Arena, October 16th, 1989. Thanks for listening.
4: Tell them
0: for
2: the ark that wonderful boat. Bid you good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good
0: night. Good
2: night, good night Ten feet for the beast to the another of the a the good, night, good night Good night i eat all the children would not Good night Good night well, I remember right I remember right well Good night Good
4: night
2: Oh, walking in Jerusalem good just night, like John busy. Good night Good night Good night, good 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 night. night. Lay down, my dear brothers. Lay down and take your rest. I want you to lay your head upon your Savior's breast. I love you, but Jesus loves you the best. And I bid you good night. Good night. Good night. And I bid you good night. Good night, good, good night. night, and I pitch
4: a good night, good night, good night. night.